the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our most holy mother of silence, of peace, of joy, of sorrows. We thank you, our Queen Mother, for obtaining an abundance of graces for us. We thank you for having such an amazing Mother Superior that's teaching us with such tenderness, with such holiness, with such patience, with such kindness, with such strength, with such courage, with such wisdom. Our Blessed Mother, we open our hearts wide at this moment as your maidens, your mothers of the cross, so that your spouse, the Holy Spirit, can inflame us, can grant us in our great limitedness the grace to listen, to receive, and to respond. We thank you, our beloved spouse, for having brought us all here as one heart, even those united in in distance, but in love crucified were one. We thank you, Abba Father, for having chosen us as the maidens of the cloister of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We thank you for choosing to give us your formation manual for the saints of these end times, entrusting to our hearts this gift from heaven. Grant us the grace to enter the joy the joy with Mary of knowing that I am chosen and God will give me all the graces I need to become his saint of these end times for his glory and for the salvation of souls. Amen. So I thank God for slowing my pace down. <laughs> like my sister Elena was just reminding me, homeschooling, it's that teacher mentality that I've got to get through all the chapters. <laughs> and she said we had this wise head, uh, yeah, Laura Berquist, a, a wonderful Catholic woman. And she would say, just the chapters you haven't covered, tear them out. <laughs> so I didn't tear anything out. <laughs> but what I feel in my heart is I'd like to go again very slow to end the silence in the heart. And then in different monthly 
Mothers of the Cross meetings will go deeper into the other areas. But this is going to be really our formation manual in silence for at least a year, but it'll really be our lifetime because it'll be like the path. We can't let go of it. So just take the time to keep it in your heart and reflect on it. February 5th, 2023, the Lord said, Remain in the desolation of the solitude I am blessing you with. Remain in my sorrows, forgetting yourself, so that your purification can be completed for God's glory. It is in and through this desolation that you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit to complete my path. Again, the silence of remaining. Our flesh wants out of the desolation. When we enter into the heart, in the path, into the first nail of crucifixion and the second nail of crucifixion, and allow us to grow in these deep levels of silence, we enter a continuous battle within ourselves. The battle of our flesh, of our self-love, of our attachments to comforts, begin to battle with the call to remain in the sorrows, to remain and embrace the desolation, the battle of our interior gaze focused on me and having to battle to look at the Lord to suffer everything with him. It's a continuous battle within. And it is in this battle that we grow in holiness. It is in this battle as we persevere that we become the saints on earth. Therefore, we always need to ask our Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, our angels and saints, to help us in this continuous battle. So I'm going to go to page nine, the silence document. I'm going to focus on May 13th, 2021, the Feast of Fatima, who we are as the white linen. In the book, at least my book of the Dolores Passion by Catherine, by St. Catherine Emmerich, at least my book is page 225. I don't know others. But there's this beautiful part where she writes, 
I saw Mary and Mary Magdalene approach the pillar where Jesus had been scourged. They knelt down on the ground near the pillar and wiped up the sacred blood with the linen which Claudia Procles had sent. John was not with the holy women, who were about 20 in number. The moment I read that, and I've shared this with you, I was amazed. That act with Mary, the Lord took John away. It was a work of the women. And Mary was with about, imagine, 20 women (laughs) soaking up the blood of Jesus on the ground. So significant. Before I go on to read this, I'd like to share with you, because some have come later and I don't even know anymore who's heard what from our formation from the past and who hasn't. So I will share again. One of the early experiences that the Lord gave me in prayer as he was forming me and our blessed mother to become a mother of the cross was when I was one time in adoration many years ago. Interiorly, I saw Mary kneeling on the ground, soaking up the blood of Christ. And I was just watching her. It's as if she was teaching me. But in an instant, all of a sudden, I found myself, my body, prostrated over the blood of Christ on the ground. And I remember my body couldn't move. It was as if it was bricks. And I had my head sideways on the ground. And I could see Jesus on the ground having been finished scourged and just laying there, but I couldn't get to him. And all of a sudden, Mary came in between us and knelt. And she took his hand, and mine was out like this, and put it on top of my hand. Years later, I find out that act of the hand on top of the hand is a custom in the Jewish faith from very long ago that represents spousal union. And so you'll see those of you that have prayed in Padre Pio's chapel, there's a a photo of Mary and and Joseph with the hands like this. Because when I saw it, I thought, that's it. So I put it there. (laughs) And so... Through the years, that interior experience has continuously come up through a process of learning to become the white cloth. And that is significant for the mothers of the cross. And that is why 
when our Blessed Mother explained to us the significance of this icon and why she came to us in this way, she is showing us that her life, all of her, is that white cloth soaked in the blood of Christ. So years later, I write this in my growth in the knowledge and understanding of this mission we have. The blood of Christ is his life poured out for every soul. Yet so many souls do not receive his blood into their hearts through gratitude and longing of the Eucharist, his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Therefore, his blood spills out on the ground. It represents all the souls who have not received the gift of redemption through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ. The feminine maternal heart is the receptor, the sensitivity of the heart of God. Therefore, Mary with the women willing to learn from her, soak up Christ's blood on the ground. The hardened hearts, unwilling and incapable of receiving the blood of Christ. God gives the woman's heart the receptivity and sensitivity to receive these broken and wounded souls into their feminine hearts as reparation for them and honor and consolation to God. I'll stop here a minute. I would add something here. It is reparation and consolation, but it is also the work of a victim soul for love. There are many souls in our territory of souls who, especially men, cannot enter into their hearts for whatever reason. They were raised a certain way. Many of us have Latin men. They were just not from the heart. And they have wounds, we see. But many of our men and sons can't go there. In the infinite mercy of God, in his goodness, I began to see in my work throughout so many years with women that God chooses He prepares women who are receptive to do this work of soaking up. Therefore, if our men or boys or parents or whoever can't go there, that is blood that's on the ground. But I and you can soak it up. 
by receiving their brokenness into our feminine hearts, by allowing my sisters their brokenness to pierce us because our brokenness always hurts others, just like we hurt others because we're not saints here yet. We're on the process, okay? So we all have our times. But when we receive their brokenness into our hearts, we receive their wounds, and we have to work through a lot of garbage inside of us, a lot of resentment, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, repulsion, disappointment, <laughs> a litany of emotions and feelings. We got to work through that. That's the work of love. To remain with the sorrow of our broken men in our hearts. This is what it means to be the white cloth. And this is the beautiful work, especially of women. Let me continue. God the Father will not permit the blood of his beloved son to be trampled. Therefore, Mary unites her maidens for this special task of passionate love. We become the white linen cloth representing the purity of the pierced hearts of Jesus and Mary and receive the ungratefulness, rejection, harshness, arrogance, and on and on of souls into our hearts to suffer, intercede for them, and give God all honor and praise due him. We live as this white cloth, as one with our mother of sorrows, in the silence of remaining in the pain of our sorrows as one with Christ. In the gospel story of the rich young man, Jesus suffers, but he doesn't insist nor push. He gazes at the young man with mercy, compassion, and kindness, and lets him walk away. This is how I too must love my territory of souls. Maidens assist, do not insist. We cannot treat our husbands as children. We cannot, we need to suffer. We need to learn to also speak when the time is right. And there is a balance here that through the years we go learning because women that are wounded in certain ways can have the tendency to use the white cloth to become doormats. And that is a big no-no. 
because that's not love. And a doormat would be, I'm the victim here. I have to take all this on and suffer. And that is not what our Lord and our Blessed Mother are teaching us is the opposite of that. That's why as women, we have to work so hard in a continuous work of our wounds. So the more our wounds are healed in Christ, we enter more and more in Mary in our true dignity as women. And we enter in the true strength and power of women as receptors. And we're able to do this work, not as broken, needy women, as doormats, but as strong women like Mary, warriors that can take this work on. That is why in this community, we go through such a long process of healing our wounds and it's continuous because there's our freedom in Mary more to more to live the dignity that God wants us to have. To be the true warriors, we have to be women that have healed profoundly in God, with God. Now I will go to the silence of receiving. We did the silence of remaining, the silence of desolation, and now the silence of receiving that is very united to the white cloth. And this is why, too, the mothers of the cross, and I'll remind you, during the Our Father prayer, we cup our hands and we say the Our Father like this. It represents our hearts as chalices receiving the blood of Christ. There, too, that came. Also from an experience of my personal formation as a victim soul in France, in Notre Dame de l'Eau, way at the beginning, 2010, we were in this little chapel. You'll see some of the photos in our history. It's called the Chapel of the Precious Blood of Jesus. Look how significant how God goes taking us everywhere we need to go. And in that chapel... There were three of us there, Father Jordy, myself, and Tessie, who, who's no longer with us. She passed away. We were praying the Our Father. And I was praying with my hands like this, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm just being very vulnerable with all of you. And I was at the foot of the cross, so I started to feel one drop as if I was transformed while Jesus was crucified. And I could literally feel and see one drop of blood falling in my hands. And all of a sudden, it was the gush. And all this blood was just, and I have no words to describe the grief. There, There's one photo we have that if you see my face, you go, what happened to her? The agony, but 
it's these experiences that God gives all of us in our lives at certain points. But for me, I see they were key experiences. And that's why I share with you because there were key experiences that God permitted Mm -hmm. to form me as the type of victim soul, as a woman in Mary that he wants. So that became for me the significance because it happened during the prayer of the Our Father of this whole formation that we are like Mary of the living chalices, being emptied more and more to be filled with the blood of Christ. And then it is this blood in sorrows, in love, in patience that we pour upon our husbands, upon our children. We receive the thorns of their brokenness and we bless them with the roses of our sacrifice of love. We have to be willing to suffer their wounds and to heal their wounds because Jesus has taught us that what heals is his tenderness in mercy. The woman has to be restored in the tenderness of God. We were created as women to especially radiate to the world that, what's the word, um, quality of God, his tenderness. If we've lost, many of us, if not all of us, have lost some of that tenderness through our wounds, we've become hardened women. And we see that a lot in our culture. And therefore, that tenderness that we see in Mary has to be restored in us. So as we receive the brokenness of others, especially our men, and we become the tenderness of God, we are doing the work of healing these men that they cannot do for love, for love of God and for love of them. And everything in us as women that at times we don't want to do the work. We want to say, the heck with you. (laughs) You know, we've got to work through that. We've got to work through all of that. That's the work. And that work is what delights God. That work that we're willing to do is what blesses them. So that they're going to get into heaven. Because we, with Mary, were the co-redeemers. And they didn't have to do the work we did. (laughs) You can say, but that's not fair. But that's what Christ did. That's what Christ did for each of us. He did all the work. And he's already done all the work. And he's inviting us as one with Mary, co-redeemer, as church, as his bride, to participate in this work of redemption for love. Because that, It's not because, oh, you know, 
because eventually what that does is transforms us and brings us to freedom, to happiness, to joy. It's, it's the delight. And that's what Satan tries to keep everybody from fear of being a victim soul. They never get to the, the fullness. The fullness of what God wants to give us is in this way. So the ones that end up getting everything is us. So nobody's losing out here. <laughs> Actually, we're the ones gaining the most. <laughs> so it's so beautiful. And when you ponder these things, we can help but be women in Mary of immense gratitude, of joy, of every breath is an alleluia. I love that song, that gratitude song. Oh my goodness. It's so beautiful. So let's enter the silence of receiving. July 17th, 2023. Here, not too long ago, right still this year, the Lord begins forming us, begins calling us, preparing us with Mary into her cloister. Living cloistered in Mary's heart is a state of the soul who has entered union with God and no longer belongs to this world. She now lives in Mary's silence in her interior crucifixion with Christ. The gift of the soul's long suffering has purified her of resentments, frustrations, repulsions, disappointments, and anger. And she is left in the union of sorrows with God. This state of union with God's pure sorrows lived with Mary and in Mary is finally the union of love. And you might think, I was expecting to experience these ecstasies. <laughs> and I was expecting to experience these, I don't know, mystical delights we read in so many of the lives of the saints. And yet it can be that we feel emotion-wise and absolutely nothing. But it's a state of union. And you begin to perceive it because something is being transformed inside of us. And as women, attentive to our hearts, we begin to see, to understand, to feel. We begin to even be surprised as we speak what comes out of our mouths. We begin to share with others and we can say, well, what did I just say? And we begin to see that wasn't me. That was God. That was the Holy Spirit. 
That's God in us, already working through us. We are his empty chalices. The soul enters the silence of receiving. She can receive the good, brokenness, sins, and oppressions of others without resentment, anger, frustration, or disappointment. Now, I should say, sometimes we can, and other times it's a constant work. No human desire exists to agree, disagree, react, explain, or justify. The soul solely receives the other as the other is and feels only pure, undefiled love. God's fire of divine love. The soul now only desires to remain in Christ's agony of love with him. Consumed with the fire of divine love. And in the groans of his excruciating sorrows. There are no more words. But only the silence of love. We get to the point where we stop arguing, we stop insisting, we stop trying to explain. We just begin to receive the others as they are, to accept them as they are, to suffer them as they are. And the hardest which is total grace from God that we must beg for, is to love them as they are. And we must meditate on how God has loved us as we are. And the patience he has had with us. And how he has not pushed us and insisted the tenderness. When Jesus' agony began, there were no more words from Jesus and Mary. Jesus entered the silence of receiving all our brokenness into his sacred heart to give us the out pouring of his precious blood, the sacrament of the Holy Spirit. The silence of receiving is lived in order to freely give the sacrifice of our lives through the grief of the martyrdom of our hearts. In the cloister of Mary's heart, In her soledad, solitude, the soul enters the silence of God. The soul lives in God's grief, generosity, and waiting with expectant faith and hope. Love is transmitted through the gaze of tenderness In mercy, 
She lives now in the silence of having become Abba's living white cloth in Mary and with Mary, soaking up Jesus' blood discarded by souls. This is perfect love, heaven on earth. And this was the prayer that God gave us, the Our Father. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Our Father prayer, heaven on earth, to the extent we can live it on earth, is meant And the grace of God is given so all of us can live and complete that prayer. That is what the Lord is giving us. To begin to live this perfect love in Christ and through him in Ava, in the fire of divine love of the Holy Spirit in the cloister of Mary's heart, Is perfect love. September 12, 2023. The silence of listening and receiving. This was an experience I had, which I will share with you because it was a great teaching for me. I asked Mary, what's the one thing I need right now so that I can work on What is the one thing I need right now to work on to help me live as her maiden? Mary showed me how I can become immune to the sins of my family. I was also aware of my sins as she spoke. She gave me the example of last night. When I asked one of my family members to pray the rosary with me, and he said no, which is more very common. (laughs) But look at how she taught me. She let me know that she was asking him through me to pray the rosary. He said no to the mother of God. Mary received that piercing because the heart of God received the sorrow of that no. I understood how I have become used to these attitudes in my family to the point where I can be unfazed by them as I go along with my life. Mary said, You need to live the silence of receiving. This requires great attentiveness to each moment. The silence of the moment. This silence is a continuous listening and receiving. United to the heart of God as one with Mary. Nothing passes unnoticed, unperceived, nor unaffected in God. Therefore, 
that simple no response to pray the rosary must pierce my heart with sorrow in Mary. Hidden in her cloister, I repair and intercede for my family, the church, and the world before the throne of Abba. And here is why silence is so important in the cloister, my sisters. Be attentive because Mary, as we enter the cloister and the attentiveness that's required to live this interior work, God is going to show us what are the things we have to continue to let go of. A busyness that takes us away from the silence that's required to be so present with each and every remark. It's something that we'll spend our lifetime working on. But that's why the silence of the body, the silence of our way of life um, is so important. Because in this community, in the identity of a mother of the cross, with the mission being given to us in the cloister now, a life of greater prayer, of a deeper slowness, of an attentiveness to do the interior work is required. This was a huge lesson for me because it wasn't until Mary made me aware of this. I wasn't even aware of how many things go on in my own family that I'm unfazed by. I just become the way it is. <laughs> but let this example of my own life look, look into your life and to see that in the heart of God, nothing goes unfazed. Like we learned in the silence of our words, every word we speak is heard and received by God. Everything. This silence of this union, of this interior life is so vibrant, so rich. It brings us into every aspect, every crevice of our interior being. To silence, to enter. So with this, my sisters, I leave you this um teaching and we'll have the last teaching later today which will be on simplicity okay madre del silencio madre de esperanza madre de la paz y de la 
felicidad Madre de la unidad Luz en las tinieblas que intentan ahogarnos El terror y el miedo se quieren apoderar de la humanidad ah, 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 ah. da luz a tu pueblo en este desierto Mira que el dragón Furioso y rugiendo está Nos quiere devorar Guíanos señora Nos llegó la hora De entrar en batalla Muerte entre el bien y el mal Y hay que ganar ah, Escucha el gemido Escucha el lamento De tu pueblo herido Errante y hambriento Va sediento de libertad. Danos tu silencio, danos tu mirada. Tú eres la victoria contra las fuerzas del mal. Las conquistarás Madre del silencio De la dulce espera Somos tus doncellas Humildes guerreras Dispuestas a y entregar la vida por tus misioneros Muralla de bronce, valientes guerreros Con ellos reinarás